Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have gathered us together in this place. That by your Holy Spirit, you have drawn us together. Lord, we confess that we have uh, nothing of ourselves that uh, we can bring to you today. Lord, all that we have is given to us by your amazing grace. It's not through us, it's through you. So help us, Heavenly Father, to be a people who simply just let go and trust in your strength and in your power. Uh, letting go is simply saying, Lord, we don't have what it takes, but you do have what it takes. And Lord, I pray that the theme of today as we read scripture and as we look at your word, that you would uh, help us to uh, listen, to listen to you and to obey you. Lord, there are many voices out there. Many, many voices are out in this world. Uh, many voices even within our own uh, heads that are telling us many different things. And I pray that we would listen to you and that we would then follow you. So give us your word today and the power of your spirit. May it enter our ears, into our heart, and then out of our hands and feet into a world that desperately needs the light of Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the theme for today comes with a question, are you listening? Are you listening? Well, I'll, I'll guarantee you this, you are listening. You're listening to some voice, to some authority. But I ask you the question today, are you listening to Jesus? To Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life. Our readings today uh, for this uh, second Sunday after Epiphany have this theme of, of listening, but also this theme of revealing the one to whom we should be listening. And uh, so we go to 1 Samuel chapter 3 today. 1 Samuel chapter 3 verses 1 through 10 is our Old Testament lesson. And we go to the boy Samuel, an Old Testament prophet. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes uh, were becoming so weak that he could barely see. Now, Eli was the priest, if you remember your Old Testament history, uh, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You, you called me? But Eli said, I, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the, word, again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel! And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And a third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me? Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Are you listening? 
Are you listening to the Lord? He desires to speak to you. And do you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Then our epistle lesson from 1 Corinthians chapter 6 today gives us an illustration of what happens when we do not listen to the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. And here the Apostle Paul, writing in the, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes this, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything. That's what the Corinthians were saying. But Paul says, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall then I take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Please stand for the reading of our gospel lesson today from uh, John, the, the 14th, or the first chapter, John chapter 1, beginning with the 43rd verse. The next day... Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and P Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So I ask the question, are you listening? I'll say you are listening. You're listening to some voice, some authority. Some of us know about the voice of the angel on one shoulder and who's on the other shoulder. <laughs> You're listening to a voice. But are you listening to Jesus? Are you listening to Jesus? See, everyone is listening to a voice of authority. 
We know there are competing voices of authority. One authority says eggs are bad for you. Another authority says eggs are good for you. And then yet another authority says that eggs without yolks, they're good for you. Who do you listen to? Should I eat eggs or shouldn't I eat eggs? Should I take the yolks out? I don't know. The same is true of spiritual beliefs. One theological authority says, for example, that Jesus is not God. He was only a good moral teacher. Another theological authority says Jesus is the highest created being. Another theological authority says that Jesus is God in human flesh. Which theology do we listen to? Which theological authority should we listen to? When it comes to morality, the same is true. One preacher says you can't listen to rock music because the beat of rock music is demonic. Another preacher will say, well, you can listen to rock music as long as they sing about Jesus. And yet another preacher is in the Eagles cover band. <laughs> Which preacher do you listen to? We're all listening to voices of authority, but, but who should we listen to? Well, we, we say that when it comes to matters of faith and life, we say listen to Jesus. Listen to his word. John 14, 6. Jesus answered, and he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We believe, we teach, we confess that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and that he is the life, that he is the one that we are to listen to. With all of the competing voices of authority out there, we listen to Jesus. But we ask the question, how do we know that Jesus is speaking the truth? What about Joseph Smith or Muhammad? What about Mary Eddie Baker? Why don't we listen to other voices of spiritual authority? Why not listen to the Pope? Short answer, because Jesus is God in human flesh. And Jesus, he pr proved his divinity. He proved that he is God by his teachings, his miracles, and his resurrection from death. He overcame the grave. We're talking about this in confirmation today. In the second article of the creed that on the third day he rose again. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And within our gospel reading today, particular evidence of Jesus' divinity is given to us in, in, this, in this gospel reading. In our gospel reading, Jesus demonstrates his divine omniscience. Jesus possessed the all-knowing power that belongs to God Almighty. God is omniscient, and Jesus demonstrates his omniscience, his all-knowing uh, attribute. You see, before Jesus saw Nathaniel, before he saw Nathaniel, he saw Nathaniel. Before he saw him, he saw him. 
Before he saw him, he saw him under the fig tree when Philip had called him. You see, Jesus possessed the omniscient, all-seeing eye of God Almighty. Not only did Jesus supernaturally see Nathanael under the fig tree, Jesus saw inside of Nathanael. Jesus saw Nathanael's heart. We listen to Jesus because Jesus is God in human flesh. And because he is God, when he speaks, he speaks the truth. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? The thick theologian at the prestigious seminary who writes articles for prestigious theological magazines, he's not Jesus. He is not Jesus. The, the preacher with thousands in his audience, though his church is impressive, he has the best programs, the best music, and the best preaching, he is not Jesus. The denominational leader is not Jesus. Paul, to listen to Christ. Now, it's true, Jesus has given us faithful theologians, faithful preachers, and faithful leaders. They are those who are listening to Jesus, and they're pointing us to listen to him and to follow him. So are you listening to Jesus? Are you listening to him? Ask the question, when was the last time you prayerfully opened your Bible? And said, Lord, your servant's listening. Opened his word and said, Lord, your servant is listening. Jesus speaks to us, not only in the Gospels, but throughout the entire Bible. The law and the prophets of the Old Testament, they all speak of Jesus. And they all teach us, ultimately, of Jesus. The Old Testament points us to Jesus uh, for the old, from the Old Testament perspective, for those before the birth of Jesus, the, pro the law and the prophets were pointing the people to Jesus. And from the New Testament perspective, those of us who are living now, and this time the New Testament points us back to Jesus who came and who reigns as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So we are to listen to Jesus, but our, our gospel lesson takes this a step further. It's not enough to only listen to Jesus. How many of you, as a kid, you, you listened to your mom, but were you really listening to your mom? You might have listened to what your mom said, but did you obey what she said? Or many times, you know, you know maybe I shouldn't let kids in on this secret, but it's, it's uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this. Sometimes you listen, but you don't obey. And sometimes you listen just to make your mom happy. But then you go out and you do whatever you want. How many of you can identify with that? All right. <laughs> we are called not only to listen, but we are called to follow Jesus. In our gospel lesson, Jesus not only says, listen, he says, he takes it a step further and he says, follow me. Listen and follow now, following people has become very popular within our culture. Following people has become very popular within our culture uh, in relationship to social media. Who are you following on TikTok? Who are you following on Instagram? 
Who are you following on other social media platforms? When Jesus says, follow me, he's not saying, follow me on Instagram. He's actually being quite literal. Follow me means that you obey me, that you emulate my life. He's not saying, follow me on TikTok or follow me on Twitter or whatever, but he's saying, follow me as a disciple. And a disciple is a person who, who listens and emulates, who obeys. A disciple is one who listens to the teachings of Jesus and then does what Jesus says. And follows. It's, it's more than just having this concept of having an interest in Jesus. It's literally following him. So let's look at this concept of listening and following and uh, of, of following Christ and, and to, to hear Nathaniel's declaration of faith and why following Jesus makes sense. So we'll just look at, uh, again at John 1, 47 through 49. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. So there we have Jesus' omniscience. His, he sees into Nathanael's heart. And then Nathanael says, How do you know me? Jesus answered, I saw you while you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared this, rabbi, which means teacher. So he, he declares rabbi. In other words, you are somebody who's worth listening to. But he takes it a step further. He says, you are the son of God. And the way Nathanael understood this title, son of God, is that he is Messiah, which means you are the king. You are the king of Israel. If you live in a monarchy, especially in an absolute monarchy, you better listen to what the king says. And so here we have this great and good king, Jesus. So we listen to him and we obey him because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You see, Nathaniel recognized Jesus as the promised Messiah. Certainly Nathan did not fully understand the implications of his very own confession. He didn't fully understand what it meant to declare Jesus as Messiah. However, this was a huge recognition on Nathaniel's part. Jesus is not only a teacher to listen to. He is a king to follow. He is a king to obey. And we have come to recognize Jesus as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He has proven that he is king over life and over death by his life, by his death, and by his resurrection. He is the Lord even of death. You see, some people have come to say that Jesus is my Savior. But they don't say and they don't live as if Jesus is their Lord. So we are called to be a people who have Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, our King. We listen to him. And we obey him. So I ask you today, is Jesus your Lord? Is he your king today? Are you listening to Jesus? Are you following Jesus? In other words, is he calling the shots in your life? Things go wrong when we don't listen to Jesus. And when we don't follow Jesus. And very sadly, this is put on display in Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church. Some of the members way back 2,000 years ago of the, of the Corinthian church listened to the wrong authority. 
Some of the members of the Corinthians said what was popular in their culture. They would say, we have the right to do anything. We can do whatever we want to do. Sound familiar? Have things changed very much in 2,000 years? No. We still live in a society in which people say, I can do whatever I want. I have the right to do what I want. No one's going to tell me what to do. I'm the master of my own life. This is the ditch that we all fall into from time to time. We don't simply point the finger at a world that is rebellious. We also need to point the finger at ourselves too. For the Corinthians, this led to terrible things. Disunity. Drunkenness in the church services. They were turning communion into a big feast where people would get drunk during the celebration of, of Holy Communion. They struggled with fornication, prostitution, again, misuse of the Lord's Supper, and even incest. They followed to listen. They failed to listen. They failed to listen, and they failed to follow. So much so that some of the members of the Corinthian church boasted of their perversion. A church gone off the rails. When we don't listen to Jesus and follow Jesus, it leads to sin. And what is sin? That's missing the mark. Missing the mark. In other words, messing up. Messing up big time. And sin is an offense to God. As Christians, we don't want to live our lives in such a way that we offend God. As Christians, it's our desire to bring glory and honor to God in everything that we say and in everything that we do. So all of us ought to pray, Lord, help me to listen. Help me to follow. So Nathaniel's eyes were open to Jesus as, as rabbi, the son of God and king. Our gospel lesson records the day that Jesus revealed himself to the first disciples. So John chapter 1, it's the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It's the first steps in his ministry, and he reveals himself. He reveals himself to his disciples. He reveals himself to those who will lead this new congregation. And also within our gospel lesson today, Jesus speaks of himself for the first time. He gives himself a title for the first time. How does Jesus identify himself in the gospel of John? Well, look at John 1, 50 and 51 in your Bibles, John 1, 50 and 51. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on who? The Son of Man. So he gives himself a title. He identifies himself as the Son of Man. The title Son of Man is huge within the Gospels. We could probably have a sermon series for at least four weeks on the title Son 
of man. Maybe it would be a good adult Sunday school class just to study this title, Son of Man. But Jesus identifies himself as the Son of Man. That is the Messiah. And he also identifies himself as the gate of heaven. Some of you may remember Genesis chapter 28. You may recall Jacob. And Jacob had a dream. He had a dream of a stairway to heaven. And on this stairway to heaven in his dream, Jacob saw angels ascending and descending from heaven. Genesis 28, 16 through 17. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Jesus identified himself as the gate of heaven. If you want to enter into everlasting life, if you want to enter into heaven, you must enter through Jesus. He is the gate of heaven. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the gate of heaven. And he is the Son of Man. And again, we could spend a long time studying this phrase of Son of Man. But let me tell you this. The title Son of Man was Jesus' favorite title for himself. If you read the Gospels, you will see he used the title Son of Man over and over again. It tied him to the prophecy of Messiah in Daniel chapter 7. But as Jesus uses this title for himself like 80 times in the four Gospels, it is primarily associated with Jesus' ministry, first of all, of humbling himself as man, that he came as a human being, he humbled himself, conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. Speaks of his humility, that he was humble, and he humbled himself as a man, even obedient unto death on the cross. But then it also speaks of him being exalted in power and glory. The title Son of Man really summarizes the entire ministry of Jesus. Of him humbling himself by taking on flesh. Of his suffering and death. His resurrection and his victorious second coming as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You see, Jesus' outward appearance wasn't all that impressive. He humbled himself and he became an ordinary person just like us. He was an ordinary Jew from a backwards village. Can anything good come from Nazareth? He humbled himself. He was a Nazarene. Not a very good title. Nazarene, can anything good come from there? His ministry, yes, it did attract massive crowds. But if you read in John's Gospel, you see that the crowds eventually leave. They said that your teachings are too difficult for us. And the massive, he had a megachurch at one point in time. Read about the feeding of the, of the 5,000. He had a huge congregation. 
But then within hours, he begins, to, he begins to teach hard things that the people could not accept, and they all leave, except for the 12. You see, if, if church growth experts were around in Jesus' time, they would have said, your ministry is a failure. You had thousands, but now you're down to, to 12 again. What are, what are 12? What can a congregation of 12 people possibly do? So the, the big congregation went to find better preachers. He looked at the 12 faithful and asked, are you going too? And they said, no way, Jesus, we're not going because you have the words of eternal life. In the world of church professional opinion, Jesus' ministry would have been considered a failure, but Jesus was and is the Son of Man. He came not to give people what they wanted. He came to give people what they needed. They didn't need the entertainment of a megachurch. They needed the Son of Man who would humble himself, who would suffer and die upon a cross so that by his suffering and death, we would have life today and life everlasting. Jesus doesn't say, listen to me because I am an exalted guru. Come and discover the secret esoteric pathway of the divine. Follow me because I am the only enlightened one. Jesus didn't say, follow me because I have miracles up on the stage. I have an amazing rock band, and my sermons are the best in town. Jesus said, listen to me and follow me, because I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the Son of Man, who humbled himself. He knows your struggle. He knows what it's like to walk in your shoes. He was tempted in every way you are, but he's without sin. He knows anxiety. He knows grief. He wept when his friend Lazarus died. And have you experienced deep grief in life? He knows what it is. He is the Son of Man, the one who humbled himself. For you and for me. He's experienced the same pain that you and I experience. But he says that I am the Son of Man who has power and authority to give you victory over this broken world. Jesus says, listen to me. Follow me. Life is going to be hard. But I'm with you and for you. I know everything about you. I know what you're going through today. I know what your struggle is. I know what real life is about. And I've won the victory for you. Church, let's take a moment to reflect upon the Lord. I invite Eric Erickson to come forward. He's going to be serving for us our sacrament today. I want us to take a moment to prepare our hearts to receive the sacrament of Christ's body and blood. <clears throat> given to us in the bread and the wine of this altar. If you bow your heads, how many of you would say today that I have not been listening to Jesus?
I have not been listening to Jesus. Listen to him. He says to you, follow me. But he says, where you have failed to listen and where you have failed to follow, I have grace and mercy for you. He has grace and mercy, and that grace and mercy flows from the cross. And it was upon the cross that Christ's body was broken and his blood was shed for you. So the source of meaning for you today is not found in what this world has to say, but it's found in a crucified Savior and a risen Savior. So how many of you would say, I haven't been listening to Jesus, I've not been following Jesus, and I'm sorry? I want you to know that if that's you, Jesus' grace is available in abundance to you. I want to say that this altar is only for sinners. It's only for sinners who recognize the reality of their need for Jesus. This altar is not for self-righteous people. No self-righteous people who think that they don't need Jesus. Only you who recognize your deep need for Christ today. So are you that person today who recognizes your need for Jesus? I invite you, and as a congregation, we invite you to this altar to receive the bread and the wine. I invite you to taste, taste the bread, taste the wine. And as you taste it, know that his body was broken for you. Know that his blood was shed for you. Know that grace and mercy are available for you. That's what this sacrament is. A sacrament is simply making God's invisible grace visible to us. And as human beings, we need that tangible touch and taste of God's grace. And when you come, listen to Jesus. Listen to him. Listen to Jesus speaking through those serving you today. Listen to Jesus say that this is my body. Listen to Jesus say that this is my blood. Listen to Jesus say that your sins are forgiven. So in the quiet of this time, 